Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, Frank here. It's. Tuesday, September 27th, 2016. Just uh, completed week three here last night, NFL action. And uh, we're going to go ahead and head out to Vegas and give Rob a call here to go over last week's games and talk about next week's games. And uh, let's uh, let's check in and see how he did. Rob, how you doing? Frank, what's happening? Oh, not too bad. What... Uh, how did week three go for you? Um, it was a pretty good week. Uh, I think my release plays. I went two and one. My AS pick of the week last week was Denver, but not the not the brightest bulb. And then didn't didn't release as official play, and that was a pretty easy winner. So, but all in all, it's a pretty good weekend. Pretty successful. Made some money. So, and got home for the weekend. Got a few of my setup that I had. The ATVs downstairs with you. So that was that was nice. Yeah, for sure. It was. Uh... It was a fun weekend. I uh, kind of it was my least successful week so far. Of the three, uh, my official releases, I went two and two, and overall, I went seven and seven. So, just uh, got put through the juicer there last week, and ended up losing just shy of a unit. With uh, when you go fifty fifty on fourteen games, the the juice will start eating you there a little bit. But overall, uh I don't know. It's you know, it wasn't a disaster by any means. It just wasn't uh, wasn't a great weekend for me. But can't complain. Just uh, look forward here to getting back after it in week four and hoping to keep it going from uh, week one and two. So anyway, we'll uh, yeah, and <clears throat> since you mentioned your one and zero start there to the the AS pick of the week, I didn't quite have the same luck myself. I had uh, San Francisco that uh, was just just about never in doubt wrong side loser, so that was that was fun. It's hard to hard to be pretty much dead after the first quarter when you're getting nine and a half, ten points, but uh, I found a way to do it. So yeah, <laughs> it wasn't my best pick, but what are you gonna do? It happens. I got plenty more podcasts to come. Yep. So you got a one game lead on me there in our picks of the week. You're going forward, but. Uh, and sure. Locked in battle. <laughs> yep. So anyway, let's uh, let's get to the. I guess we we'll, we got uh, a concept corner coming up later in the podcast. We're gonna be talking a little bankroll management and uh, just basically what types of bets in terms of straight bets versus parlays, teasers, whatnot. Just kind of a general overview for those that aren't familiar with the different wagering options as well as how you should go about managing your bankroll. So we'll go get to that here after we go game by game. And then at the course of the end of the podcast, stay tuned for uh, week two of our AS pick of the week. 
So let's first uh, get to the games here. So the the first one I see on Thursday night is Miami at Cincinnati. Um, what was your guess for that? And then also, what was the uh, what did it open at? Yeah, so this one I had uh, my guess was my my Cincinnati. Sorry, <laughs> Cincinnati minus three and a half, and my I power rated at Cincinnati minus four and a half. It looks like the Westgate opened at Cincy minus six, and I also have the look ahead, which I'm going to start adding that into, which basically means the the line for next week. So you can look at the look ahead. I think one of those come out tomorrow uh, for the following week, just so you can kind of see how much that one specific week affected the the line. Uh, so essentially, what that means, uh, look ahead for next for from last week into the week before to last week's games. Those Cincy minus six as well. So didn't move a whole lot actually at all. Okay, and then the uh, to further expand on the significance of the look ahead line. Basically, if you have a line, um, you know whatever, just say it's three, and then the, obviously both teams play the week before, and say one of them has a really good performance or a really bad performance, and the market all of a sudden goes from three, say up to six or seven more often than not it's going to be an overreaction to one week so it kind of just gives you a frame of reference in terms of how how much the odds makers slash betting market is reacting to just what happened last week and a lot of times you can get some value going against an overreaction due to one week or in terms of say an injury they can kind of give you a gauge for what the difference is from what they thought it was the line was going to be the week before based on what actually came out on due to the injury. So you can kind of get a, a good gauge for players' value or what they're factoring in for players' value. And then you can assess whether you agree with that amount of difference or whether you think it's a little too much or not quite enough. Yeah, so um, well, it looks like what did you have for this game? I I had Cincy minus seven. I seem to be a lot better at predicting where the market takes a number than where it opens at. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't have a whole lot of spec, respect for Cincinnati. That's why even last week when I had Denver as a favorite, and obviously I was in the in the right there. And uh, that's a game I don't have any interest in betting just because it's a Thursday night. And even though I was light, I don't I don't have any interest in backing Cincinnati, and I don't really want to be taking Miami on the road on a Thursday night game like this either. But um. Yeah, they they kind of in that dead area with six there, and but it is taking some. Looks like a little bit of Cincy money, so it got up to seven. Um, I don't know. It's hard to imagine it's going to go any higher than that, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't see it getting a whole lot higher than seven, but at the same time, that Miami team should have, by all rights, lost outright to Cleveland last week, even laying double digits. I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of attractiveness to them right now so it's hard to imagine there's going to be a whole lot of Miami money but yeah I don't know if I trust Cincy's offense to be laying a touchdown or more or even close so to me it's pretty easy stay away game and I don't I think Cincy's a little bit of an under team and I don't really know what Miami is so I think it's then you factor in the Thursday night game and I think it's uh for me a pretty easy stay away yep that's what I agree that's what I have in my notes all right let's just Go to the next game, then there's no sense in babbling anymore about that one. So now we got uh, Sunday games. There's a 
a 9.30 Eastern time uh, London game between Indianapolis and Jacksonville. So what'd you have for this one? Well, London burner. I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, yeah, it seems, side, what's that? I was going to say, it seems like Jacksonville plays in a London game, if not every year, just about every year. So got we're, the, uh, got the skills. Uh, I got, they're prepared for it. Yeah, we're exporting uh, product of beauty over there to London, try to draw them into the – get them hooked on the NFL. I, I think I better add in uh, when I played in the golf tournament I came home for last week and on Friday at, at Lafayette for that pro-am. Needless to say, we did uh, did take her down. But uh, the, my, one of my partners, Neil, who is a member there, is from London actually, so I asked him about the football over there, and he said surprisingly he's taken you know, pretty pretty well taken. So I'll be interested to see what happens in the future with just uh, if the team actually moves there or anything, just the popularity in general. Well, that's good. Now if we could actually give them a quality product other than Jacksonville, then they might really get hooked on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, so this one, I had a guess. My guess was Indy minus three and a half. Uh, the power rating I had for this game, uh, where I think it should be, is Indy minus four and a half. It looks like the Westgate opened at one, um, and the look ahead was two and a half. But Indy for both of those. But we quickly got some steam towards Indy, um, and it's approaching three. I don't know if if we'll get there or not. Uh, there's, I guess, it's one three with with juice, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right now it's sitting about that two, two-and-a-half range. Okay, yeah. I guessed uh, Indy by three on this one and was pretty surprised when I saw uh, Indy minus one. So I snapped that up right away, even though I don't really like Indy. But I've backed Jacksonville the last couple of weeks, and it's just really been underwhelming to me. And the at least the one thing you can trust in the game is Andrew Luck. It's probably going to be, you know, play some pretty decent quarterback whereas i don't trust anything in jacksonville right now and you know even though indy's defense is still pretty weak i still still have enough faith and luck that on a neutral field he can hopefully do enough to get past the jacksonville squad especially when they're one and two and they're probably going to be pretty motivated here to you know this is a game they're going to probably need here to be a factor going forward in the in the division so i, I think you're going to get a pretty good effort here from indy and like I said, hopefully Lux Town will be enough to at least get on the outright win. And at one, that's all you're pretty much looking for. At three, or, you know, right now two and a half, and if it does get to three, then it's a little bit trickier of a of a situation to assess. Yeah, and this is a game I, unfortunately, when I was home for the weekend and had to catch a flight, and I didn't get to watch, I watched half the game, like, uh, Sunday night game at the airport when it got delayed, but, um, I didn't have much time to look at lines or anything else like that, so I did see that there was, like you said, got a one and even one and a half, something like that with India. I, I would like it quite a bit at that, but now at the, where it's at now at two and a half, and don't like it quite as much. Uh, it's not a huge difference, but I don't. Even the one is kind of you have to t- get to talk yourself into it. Just back in the indie team, just is nothing, not a whole lot of support there for Indy, but neither with Jacksonville. That's what even my notes. I just have two bad teams, and I think it's pretty much. A stay away on the on the side at least, but I did like the under uh, a decent amount, especially because uh, the overseas games are have trend to go over the total usually. So it's, I thought there might have been some steam, but it looks like there's already a little bit of under money, which I'm kind of surprised about. So it might be just a stay away altogether for me. Ooh. Where do you see an under money? Uh, I see it open that there's some 50s. When I looked at it earlier today, there's some 50s out there. And now it's there's 49 and 49 and a half. 
So I'm not seeing in any, not a whole lot of support for the over. I don't. Everything's moving towards, towards moving down. Huh. Yeah, the only I saw maybe one rogue fifty at the win. They got bought down to forty nine and a half, but that's and I don't the think. Westgate opened at forty nine and a half, and now it's at forty nine. So, I'm not saying there's a ton of support, but I thought this would be a game that's only going to go over. So that's why I waited on it. But at least right now, it's not not doing that. Yeah. So I mean, that's a very small early opinion in the week. So I went I went buy too much into that personally, but I. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of support for any any games under the total, so I'd be really surprised if it ever gets below 49, but I guess we'll see as the week goes on. Yeah, and it's one of those things I'm not, I don't think it's going to go much lower, but I, just, I, I thought it'd be going up at least a point or two where you get a little bit of value there, but at the current number, I don't really like it a whole lot. I think it still might as the as the yeah. week goes on, but we'll, uh, we'll see, and I don't know how the, the overseas... Really, if it affects the teams much, or they think of anything, they'd be a little sluggish and jet lagged from the from the trip, and might tend to lean towards the under. But you know, I don't. I, that's maybe my explanation for why there's been a slight bit of under money so far. But I, I definitely think that as the week goes on, it either stay where it's at, or maybe go up a little bit, and then you could jump on the under. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so other than that, I, I said I jumped on Indy early. I've, if I had to pick, I'd lean over just because I don't think I could possibly bet an Indy game under with how bad their defense is and how solid luck is. But other than that, I don't feel super strongly about it. Yeah, I'm, I, I can, I don't feel super strongly about the under, but I think that'd be the way I'd look, so. Alright. Yeah. Alright, let's, uh, go on to the next game then. I, one thing I will say, I guess, is, I do like the uh, the London games where you have the one early starter, and then you got you know the kind of like the the appetizer for the the slate of early games. I do like that, and kind of wish that there's a little bit more staggered times overall, so you could you know almost like March Madness, how you have a lot of different endings kind of throughout the day. I wish there was more formatting like that in the NFL, so it wasn't nine games going on where they're all ending at the same exact time and it's tough to really catch them all I th- and the other thing I want to note too is uh, generally when they go to a London game like this they have a bye afterwards or Jacksonville has a bye uh, the following week whereas Indy surprisingly doesn't have a bye so they're going to have to play a lot of traveling and stuff next week so that might be something to you know fade Indy especially if they come up looking pretty good in this game if you can go fade Indy next week and something to keep in the back of your hat yeah, I think that's a good point. It's kind of a dream scenario if they could come and just blow the doors off of Jacksonville this week, get overvalued by a couple points, come back next week, you know, a little bit jet lagged and and uh, with not their best effort off of two wins and and then go against them. I think that uh, would be a good scenario. So even for someone like you that's not involved on the side, I think that uh, is where probably your rooting interest should lie. Yep, definitely. Okay. All right. Um, so the next game is the beginning of the uh, one o'clock Eastern games. We got Cleveland at Washington. What did you have for that one? My um, guess here, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess uh, I'm low on Washington and, and high on a little bit higher on Cleveland than everybody else. Uh, I had Washington minus five and a half, and my power rating was Washington minus five. And it looks like the Westgate opened it at eight and a half, minus eight and a half for Washington. That that was a look ahead line as well. What did you have for this number? I actually had eight and a half on this one, so I. Yeah, that's what. Um, and I already bet Cleveland 
I just uh, everyone thinks Cleveland's a horrific team, and not that they were that good. That, that didn't really change my what, the way they played last week. Didn't really change much of my thought of them. But I think just any NFL team is I don't know, especially in Washington in this spot too. Just, I don't think Washington should be laying this many points to anybody. So my one my one counter to that, which I generally agree with you. I think even though Cleveland's not a good team. I don't think they're quite as extremely bad as most people think. Like their their defense, which is pretty pretty awful for the most part, actually made you know a handful of plays last week. And Kessler did drive him a little bit, even though you know he's pretty pretty bad for the most part. But he had a couple moments where they at least you know competitive, where they might be able to to cover that eight and a half nine. But the, my counter to it would be Washington might be one of those teams that. You know, it's kind of a front runner, you know, good, bad team where they blow the doors off a couple of terrible teams and get some people to buy into them. And then when they actually play a decent team, then they struggle. But I don't know. We'll see. I think they're kind of like that last year where when things are going well and Cousins is throwing all over them and they're feeling good about themselves and, and they go up and play a good team and they just get, you know, smoked. So I think you kind of have to take that into account. And that's, that would be enough to keep me off of Cleveland in this situation. But there's no way I could possibly lay eight and a half, nine with Washington. That's for sure. Yeah, and this is not a game I release as a play, just because I bet it, and it's it looks like the market's moving towards closer to seven and a half because right now it, it opened at, like I said, eight and a half, and then there are some nines out there. Um, I think even, maybe even a tad higher than that, but that's kind of a dead zone area. But it looks like at least the offshore markets, everything's pointing towards it's going to move, you know, money on Cleveland. So I figured I'd buy it now and. Kind of just keep it in my pocket and maybe even buy off it if it gets down to seven and a half or seven, something like that, and hope for a middle. Um, but with that, with my better play, like play I like the most out of this game and almost all week, um, as I like the over because I think Cleveland and you, like you mentioned with Washington, they might just you know, blow the doors off and have, you know be pretty successful. But their 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 defense is pretty banged up and I don't really like their defense a whole lot. And I think Cleveland could have at least mildly successful against their defense. And I think Washington is actually going to have pretty decent success, too. So I think this is going to be a game, not not a shootout, but it's going to kind of be back and forth where they're going to see some success. And I, I like the over right now. Just, I got it at 45 and a half and 45 and a half, 46, somewhere in there. So that's, uh, that's where I look definitely is in the over in this game. Yeah, I would uh, I completely agree with that, actually. So, so far, Cleveland's given up 29, 25, 30. And they scored 10, 20, and 24 themselves. And then you look over at Washington, and they've scored, what, 29 last week, and then 23 and 16, and they've given up 38, 27, and 27. So in six games between the two teams, the best defensive performance we've seen so far is giving up 25 points, and that's the best. So I have very little faith in either of these defenses. I think particularly Washington's offense should be able to move the ball pretty well. And Cleveland will, you know, probably get to their, you know, 20 or so. And if that being the case, I think this 45 and a half is a very reasonably priced over under. You know, they're usually anywhere from 40 to, to 50 or in the low 50s. So this is, you know, middle of the pack to even a little bit less yeah. than that. So yeah, it's a game I would think would be in the 47, 48 range. Uh, yeah, I would say, I'd say 48, 49 personally, but either way, it's, it's very reasonably priced here at 45 and a half. So I think, and then, uh, 
then um, even like you know Fezzik talked about how the interconference games that don't quite mean as much. You know, they're not division games where they're really focused, completely focused on putting their all into it. You know, an interconference game here where it's not the most crucial, those tend to be higher scoring. So someone, you know, got AFC versus NFC here, and it's pretty pretty meaningless game for Cleveland, at least because they're pretty much out of it already. And, you know, Washington, will they'll probably get a pretty good effort from them, but I just don't trust either of these defenses. So I think over 45.5 is a great bet, personally. Yeah, so that's why I'd not encourage anybody that's trying to make a bet or ever to get lo- that locked in because I don't see this going down at all. Yeah, it's hard to imagine there'd be much money on the under. So, all right, I think we both feel pretty strongly about that and are in agreement with that. So that's our main takeaway from that game. So let's uh, go to Buffalo and New England. Is there Are there numbers out there, or are we still no, waiting on the Garoppolo? No. Yeah, waiting on the Jimmy G announcement. I, I did – put mine in with assuming he would play which i had new england six and a half but i did see yesterday and maybe sunday night too it was some four and a half popped up uh, okay four and a half or three and a half uh but now those are all down those are all taken down i don't think anybody's got anything up at least that i can see is there oh yeah did you give look at look at numbers for the last couple games um for yeah i, I mentioned it washington was eight and a half okay what about is there a look ahead one, number for this one or for this one there's no look ahead number no, no, okay. no local headlines, so that's all I got. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what there's obviously talks of Edelman being quarterback, and that's pretty likely. I don't know what the odds are of that him being it, but, I mean, it's just, you know somewhat likely it's in the realm of possibility, which would be pretty crazy to see. Yeah, that's, I, I had six for this game, so I think we're pretty pretty in tune there. And it's, yeah, until until you know more, you just not really much you can do with this game. I'd I'd, regardless, I'd be reluctant to back Buffalo after they had that great performance last week, and New England's had a mini buy here playing on Thursday night last week and getting an extra couple days to prepare, regardless who the quarterback is. So, I'd say just you know tread lightly in this one. To quote Heisenberg, <laughs> regardless of what you do in this one, but I'd I definitely, without knowing the number exactly, if it did come out at four or four and a half or anywhere in there, I'd I'd lean towards New England, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Yeah, I had the, my power rating was at New England seven, so I had that extra half point through that key number. So I, I'd be leaning New England too, but I, I guess there are a few shops that have it, and right now it's anywhere from four and a half to five and a half. So um, I don't know, but yeah, I guess we'll see what see where it comes out at. But I think it's right right in the ballpark. Yeah, I don't know, let's take a wait and see approach with that one. Okay, um, so the next same, one. Same same deal. The next one it looks like. Yeah, I was gonna say the next one is Seattle at the Jets, and I was just gonna ask you, is it the same type of deal with Russell Wilson, or what do you what do you got there? Yeah, um, that's what. Uh, well, Wilson's officially been ruled as he's playing, but I think now they're kind of looking at whether you know how healthy he's gonna be because he's been taking some hits, and he seemed to play okay, or you know hasn't seemed to affect him a whole lot. But it's one of those things. It's just the more you get into the season, the more it wears and tears. So I can. I don't know. I'm, I got, I thought once he got announced, it's for sure playing. They'd at least put something up there, but it's the same deal. Same the same three books that I'm looking at on my screen have numbers up there, and it's looking at like minus one, one and a half. So uh, I guess yeah, another. We'll just have to wait and see what this one. Not really a whole lot talked about. All right. Yeah. My my guess on this one was Seattle minus three, and uh, you know, like you said, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So I I don't know. I don't really have a lot of interest almost no matter where this game's at because I, I just don't really like Seattle and don't want to back them on the road. 
after a pretty good effort against the Niners, but at the same time, I don't know if I really want the Jets and trust that they can beat Seattle outright, which they probably would have to with a short number. Well, yeah, and my guess was I didn't know we were going to do it just because there's no line, but I guess I yeah, just say it for for fun. But, yeah, I had Seattle minus 3.5, and my power rating was Seattle minus 2.5, so uh, right, in, right on sandwich on top of your guess. And then the look-ahead line was uh, Seattle minus 2.5. So I think okay. we're kind of right in that ballpark. But I think with this game, too, yeah, it would be a stay away pretty much no matter what number comes in. But – I think it all pretty much depends on Russ, you know, Wilson, how how he plays, because he could, I could see there and see him going out there and playing outstanding and basically just carry the team and Jets show nothing, kind of like last week, or, you know, I could see him not just not be able to perform that well and just being a little bit injured and that can really, you know, stunt your how how well you can play. So it's really, I think it's that I guess that's why there's no line, but it's even just from a betting perspective, from a handicapper, it's, it's really hard to handicap. Yeah. Um... I, I, even though Seattle won by what thirty or whatever last week against the Niners, I I give them obviously some credit for it, but I really wasn't overly impressed. Like they, you know, they played no. a good game and and whatnot, but it, I didn't come away from that thinking, wow, you know, the Seattle's back. They're one of the top couple teams in the league. I'm still a little reluctant to buy into them, so I might be a little bit more hesitant to fade them here in, in the near future. But at the same time, I. I'm not buying into him fully where I'm going to fully feel confident backing him here. So I guess I'm just going to kind of take a wait-and-see approach with them. And on the flip side, the Jets, I had them getting through three and a half uh, against Kansas City there. I bought them early in the week, and I felt really good about that bet. And they, I mean, they, they had every, every opportunity to get back in that game. And Fitzpatrick, would he throw six interceptions, I think? And every time they got the ball back to him, he just gave it right back. So that was extremely frustrating. Throw. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like they were – there might have been a tipped one or two, but they, there wasn't a whole lot of flukiness going on. It was just a lot of bad decisions and bad throws, and that was a little scary to uh, – a little scary vision to, to have ingrained in my head for thinking about back on the Jets here going forward. But I think overall – I'm still high on their defense, and I still think that the rest of their skill position players are pretty good. So I I tend to to want to back them, I guess, going forward. But it's just you know obviously it's it's tough to uh, pull the trigger when you just keep seeing those Fitzpatrick interceptions on a loop in my head. But yeah, and just with this. Ideally, what I'd want to see is play out Seattle going, you know, blow the doors off and just have another blowout type of game and, and fade them. But it's hard when they're going to be going on to the bye week next week and then they're going to be playing Atlanta, who I'm pretty low on. So not a whole lot of value with anything in the near future, I don't think, with that. No, the one, the one thing that, um, if the if Seattle did blow out the Jets, then the Jets come back in week five and they play at the Steelers. If you were catching. You know, in the ballpark of six, seven, yeah. yeah, six, seven. Then, especially if the Steelers got right this week, like that could be a pretty favorable spot, and yeah, uh, would be pretty attractive. So we'll just do another wait and see game, and and uh, see what we can pull out of it. So the next game we got is Carolina at Atlanta. What'd you have there? Um. I had this game, I guess, at Carolina minus four and a half. My power rating, I had Carolina minus six and a half. And the Westgate opened at Carolina minus three and a half. And the look ahead was Carolina minus four. 
And um, what did you have? I had three and a half for this one. So I saw I saw three uh, last Sunday night, and so I snapped that up, thinking that it's hard for me to imagine it was going to get bet towards Atlanta, and that was before the Monday night game, obviously. So Atlanta came out, looked good, and I thought there was a chance they might get a little bit of support after that performance, but it looks like the markets aren't buying into it a whole lot, which I think is the right, right call because I don't have a whole lot of uh, respect for winning at New Orleans, and I still don't respect Atlanta a whole lot more. So I think after Carolina struggled with Minnesota last week, they'll probably have a good effort here, and both these teams are 2-1, and one, so it is for the first place in the division. So I think Carolina's come up with a pretty good effort, and I think Carolina's good effort or best effort or anywhere even near that is going to be enough to, to get by Atlanta. So I think three is a fair price, but I think a good bet, in my opinion, here going into this one. Yeah, and it did it did, t- it did move a little bit. Uh, there were, all the shops didn't have the game up, and I, I've seen pretty much three and a half uh, across the board for the, the shops that did have it. And then in, when they did open it up this morning or last night after the game, it, pretty much constant threes right now, and a, a few three and a halfs with juice towards the uh, Atlanta. So it, I think they not it didn't affect it a ton, but I think it did at least to a certain degree when Atlanta looked pretty good on Monday night primetime game like that. It definitely moved a little bit. So I did. I did hop on in Carolina earlier today, too, and release that as an official play. Uh, the only three minus 110 I could find. Everything else is three with minus 120 or higher, or uh, three and a half. So I, I did hop on Carolina, so I think we're in the same boat here. Uh, I, I think Carolina, Carolina just is playing played a good defense. The only time they really got shut down this year is playing probably the two best defenses in the league with Denver and Minnesota. So I, I think when they start going to play a really, really shaky defense in Atlanta, who I think... I think they might be rated one of the worst defenses in the league, if not the worst. Uh, this might be a heyday type of game for for Cam Cam again to get get things straight. So that's what uh, I'm gonna be rooting for this weekend. Yeah, for sure. As it was frustrating that uh, ridiculous Monday night game last night with 77 points scored, and I think Julio had one catch or something like that that just didn't do anything for my fantasy team. <laughs> not that you know, I, uh, I care I too much about that, but it was kind of aggravating watching that, that's for sure. I had to sweat that over last night. I, I think, what, it almost got there in the first half? Like yeah. 53 and a half, I think, or something like that. It was uh, it was, it was nice for a change. Yeah, no, that's what I had. Atlanta plus three and a half that I scooped up early in the week, and that was about the similar sweating equity there. Yeah, I was on both, though, so it was a, it was a nice game, needless yeah. to say. Absolutely. Uh, and then I also get a little bit of that Atlanta performed well, and I get a little bit of value, I, I believe, back on Carolina that I wanted to bet anyway. So I think it all, all in all worked out pretty well. Yep. So I don't know, the total at 50, 50 and a half, I, I don't really have much of an opinion on. I think that's a pretty high total, but I don't really have a lot of interest in betting under. If Carolina's defense can put the clamps on Atlanta, I don't think they're going to get to you know, 40 necessarily themselves or 35 or whatever. So I think that's just kind of a stay away too. Yeah. And it looks like Westgate actually had it. I don't know if that's a, a, a good number or not, but through yesterday through one o'clock it had it at 46 is what it opened at. <laughs> and then they took it down after, during the game. They reopened it at 49 and a half. So that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. If that's, if that is a real number and accurate, the four point adjustment is, Oops, you know, is huge, but 
I don't know what the basis for that would be necessarily. If there's no injuries, it's hard to imagine that they've just been off by that much. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that's for sure the case, but just on my screen, that's what it's showing. So. Okay. It's kind of interesting, I guess. All right. Yeah, definitely. So um, the next game we got is Detroit at Chicago. Yep. So my guess for this one was Detroit minus two and a half. Uh, my power rating was Detroit minus four. Westgate opened at Detroit minus two and a half, and the look ahead was Detroit minus three. Okay. Yeah, I guess two and a half as well. So it looks like uh, it's all right about in that ballpark. But uh, to me, anything anything under three is kind of cheap here. I'd Chicago off back-to-back primetime games where they didn't look particularly impressive, which I know full well because I had a bet on them both times. Um, it just seems like, yeah, it's a you know, division game and they'll both probably be up for it some, but I think Chicago, it's at some point here this season, which might be a little early for that, but it seems like they're probably going to be in throw in the towel mode if they don't, don't get it going. Cause uh, I think they can kind of tell we got Hoyer coming in there and just overall, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of talent on this team. So. I have no problem betting against them as long as the markets aren't overreacting and charging a huge premium, which you can argue Detroit laying two, three on the road is, is quite a bit. And I can definitely see that because I don't think Detroit's an incredible team, but I think that their offense is functional with Stafford and your boy Jim Bob Cooter calling the plays and their defense is, you know, mediocre. But at least I know that. I'm not a big Caldwell fan at all, but at least I know pretty much what I'm getting out of Detroit, which is, you know, mediocrity or slightly below. Whereas Chicago, I think, just is just lacks a lot of talent outside of you know, Jeffrey and a handful of players here and there. There's just not much there, so I think uh, Detroit's talent level should be able to to win this one. But I don't know if I'd really want to lay three on the road. That might be a little mod so I scooped up the two while I had the chance. Yeah, um, this is this it, it, on paper it looks like a good spot for Chicago, but after the performance against Dallas on Monday in front of everybody, went to a game on that, Sunday night. Or yeah, sorry, Sunday night. I'm getting my days mixed up and I'm flying and stuff. On Sunday night, um, uh, you you think that that I was on Chicago there too, and that, that should have been a, a spot where they should have got up and you know looked halfway decent. They almost got that backdoor cover for me, but or push I should say, but it uh, they just didn't really show up a whole lot and didn't look too good. And even when they were going driving that down at the end there, when they could have you know had the backdoor cover or push, it, it just they just couldn't do it. Um, I don't I don't I'm not a huge fan of laying laying points like this on the road either, but. I, I, I think I'm a little bit higher on Detroit than other people are, and even even last week against Green Bay, they looked pretty awful the first half, and Green Bay came out and their, their defense looked terrible. And but I think that was more to do with Green Bay just had they had a lot to prove, and they were getting a lot of negative publicity about their offense and everything else. And I think the same thing with Carolina, the same with Green Bay. I think it's more just a fact to show how good Vikings defense is shutting them down, and then the, they come out and you know with guns blazing against Detroit, Green Bay did. So I, I don't know. I think uh, they're not going to have as much problems with Chicago, obviously, with their offense. And I like definitely lean Detroit here too, but uh, I'm not. it looks like it's taking a little bit of Detroit money. So I don't know. We'll kind of just wait and see where this one goes. But yeah, I don't like it at three, but at uh, two or two and a half, I might get involved. 
Yeah, and what you you know what you said earlier, what you alluded to at least was Chicago two weeks ago when they played Philly on Monday night, just got embarrassed, just awful. You know, they come back the next week, expected a great spot for them. Kind of, you know, they've been hearing all week how terrible they are, and another primetime game, and they'll go out there and you know give get your their absolute best effort and. And uh, they should come out pretty good against Dallas there, and and uh, you know we're we're both on them, and they just come out and they, they were looked much better than they did against Philadelphia, but that's you know setting the bar pretty low. So if that was their best effort last week, I don't think that's a good sign for them going forward, and I just I don't think they're going to be able to even sustain that level of effort. And even if they did, I think Detroit, as long as they play up to their capabilities, I think shouldn't have a whole lot of trouble winning this game and if they do win the game you know winning it by three is isn't too much to ask for so it's not a whole lot of points to swallow so i'm pretty comfortable with detroit here going going into this one yeah and i i was going to jump on it earlier today but a, a, a few different handicappers i trust i listen to uh, that i respect in the industry they they said that the bears are being taking some money which i don't know if i agree with but i kind of maybe just wait and sit back and see if i can get a better number otherwise just uh you know the market Mark will push me out of it, and I'll just watch for the game and root, root with you. <laughs> All right. Um, the next game we got up is Tennessee at Houston. Yep, so this one I had Houston. My guess was Houston minus 6.5. I power rated this game at Houston minus 5.5, and, and the Westgate opened at Houston minus 6.5, and, and there's no look-ahead line. All right. I had Houston minus 4.5 as my opener, so this uh, I was a little light here, I guess. Now that it's at six and a half, but uh, I guess I just don't really trust this Houston team to be to win by a margin, hardly at all. But yeah. I, I mean, I haven't been impressed a whole lot with Tennessee, I guess either. So I don't know if I necessarily want them, but I don't really feel like playing points with Brock Osweiler and forcing them to win by a touchdown or more is really a positive expectation wager at this point either. Yeah, I I agree. That's right. Even. I started doing my my own power rating this week just so I can. Uh, even that Baltimore game, I was pretty far off last week, but I just wanted to have a indicator because I kind of have to guess what the market's going to do. But then I also want what I think it should actually be at, and that's why I just you know put it a little bit lower, kind of closer to what you had. And um, I agree with you 100. percent I don't know if I necessarily want to be betting on Tennessee, but I don't, definitely don't think Houston's going to be should be laying this many points. And I kind of just throw out that last game again on Thursday night against the Patriots. I don't really even take that into the handicap a whole lot, but. Um, there's really not a whole lot of movement with this line so far. Uh, I'd I'd be shocked if it got to seven, um, but uh, I could de- I could see it coming down a little bit, but still in that dead zone, you know, the f- four four to six and a half range, whatever that dead zone. Um, I, I could see it going anywhere around there, but I don't think any any move too significant. I don't I don't foresee. Yeah, and then with Tennessee, I mean, you're just, I don't really know what to make of them because I was a little bit higher on them going into the year and. After even after week one losing to Minnesota like that, but then and then I guess and then even after week two when they beat Detroit, even though that was a little bit testy that they even should have done that, but then last week to lose like they did to Oakland where they just really didn't get anything going basically the whole game was not not too encouraging for their their prospects going forward. So I don't I don't know if I'd necessarily trust them even even catching this many points. But like we both said, that's really the only way it could look. Whereas Houston, 
you know, after that embarrassment on Thursday night, they get, you know, the mini buy with an extra couple of days to prepare. And, uh, they should be fully focused here to kind of, you know, come back in the division game and somewhat take control of the division with, uh, you know, Indy struggling and Tennessee and Jacksonville both being awful. You think that this would be a, an A plus effort from them to really take control of the division and, you know, try to, bounce back after last week so i don't know if i really want to step in front of them but i just don't really trust laying it with them either in, in terms of the total at 40 and a half i've had tennessee pegged as a dead nuts under team which they have been every week and uh, i think houston's somewhat of an under team too so i'd like to get there with the under but it's just i don't know it's tough to bet under 40 or 40 and a half um when you're not 100% confident in it. So I I don't know. I, I guess I lean under, but I, I don't know if I'll get to the window with that low number. Yeah, that's what I have in my notes too. I have a, I have a lean towards Tennessee and a, a small small lean towards the under, but I don't think I'm going to be betting on either one of them unless uh, we see some, some big movements. But. And then that's a good good point as well. Um, if, if we do have a lean or if there's some movements, um, we'll be updating – um, anything, any other opinions that we have that change throughout the week on our Twitter account, which is at our own sports. So go ahead and give that a follow too for some, uh, non podcast information as the week goes on. Or even just look at the, our plays that we really are both, I should really say, because we're not going to release leans, but if we do have something that comes up pretty big with either a big number move or something happens and one of us or both of us might release as a play for something that we like and, uh, or not, but or we just might release you know, a lean on Twitter, so kind of check both those out. Yeah, yeah the website at roundsports.com. You can uh, either check out the picks we release, or you can make your own account, and uh, you can use it as a, a tool to yeah, track your bets. You can put them in the put them in there, and it'll automatically grade them for you, and keep track of your record, and you can break it down by sport and and whatnot to see if uh, your profitability, and have it all keep track of it for you. It's a nice convenient tool to use and it's free to sign up so we can sign up at our own sports.com um the last early game we got here is oakland at baltimore what did you have for this one uh this one my guess was baltimore minus four and a half my power rating was baltimore minus three uh the westgate opened at baltimore minus three and a half and the look ahead was baltimore minus four and a half all right. I had my guess on this one was uh, Baltimore minus three and a half, and uh, that's pretty much where it was. And that being said, I liked I liked Oakland quite a bit, so I went ahead and bet them right at open, figuring that the three and a half was going to get taken out a little bit. But it looks like it hasn't really. It's pretty much stayed stable for most of the week, from what I'm seeing. Yeah, um, pretty stable and. It looks like um, I even see a three out there with some juice towards the favorite, which is Baltimore. And then you have some three and a halves, either flat with the 110 standard juice or even some uh, even money or minus 105. So, yeah, not uh, not a ton of movement, but I don't see really any indicator of Oakland so far. But I, I'd, I'd be surprised, too. I think there's going to be some Oakland money here with some betting syndicates or some sharp players towards the end of the week, I would assume. I just don't see a whole lot from this Baltimore team, and they're pretty – Pretty flawed, undefeated team, if you ask me. Yeah, I was gonna say, what what have they done to gain any respect? They the last week they got handed a game by Blake Bortles in Jacksonville that was just an embarrassing effort by 
by uh, Bortles, and basically it was an interception fest between the two. They were turning the ball over so quick. The other offense team hardly get off the field before they turned it back over, and they snuck by them 19-17 because the Jacksonville kicker missed a field goal and the Baltimore kicker banged one home from 50 or whatever. And then the week before that, they go down 20 nothing to the Browns, and then they you know, give them a little bit of credit for coming back and winning the game 25-20. And the week before that, they snuck by the you know a bad Bills team thirteen to seven. Like, a, is there three less impressive wins you can think of than Bills, Browns, Jags, all in unimpressive fashion? Like, I just don't give Baltimore hardly any credit. So, the fact that they're laying more than a field goal to just about anybody outside of Cleveland is is hard for me to to fathom. So, I'd, I don't. I'm not even necessarily a huge Raiders guy, but I think that getting that at Getting a half point there, the hook on that three and a half is is pretty crucial, and I think it's uh, worthy of a bet personally. So I like that. Yeah, and um, the reason why I stayed away from this, uh, what I really should have done is bet the look ahead line at four and a half, or uh, try to get some a better number like that before they adjust it a little bit. But I think you're going to get a little bit of value because Baltimore's undefeated, so the, little, the public's going to blindly look at the records, and even though that's a completely flawed stat, but. Just look at the records and, and, and you know bet the team that's undefeated, which isn't a good way to do it to handicap. But the only thing I don't like about this game, I think the reason why I ultimately stayed off, is Oakland has to travel east, east I think, this is three weeks in a row. And it's also an early start, which that you know, 10 o'clock my time, noon your time, that uh, that early start uh, for Oakland historically hasn't been very good at all. Although it's kind of a little bit flawed, too, because they've been so bad in, in, last, in recent years. But um, it's something... I don't think it's not going to push me towards Baltimore by any means, but just something to at least consider into the handicap, which I'm sure you did, but just more of a fact that why I stayed away. No, yeah, I mean, Oakland, like you said, historically going to the East Coast for the early start game has been a bad betting proposition, but week one they went to the Saints, which is a central time zone, but it's still a flight. Then they were back home for Atlanta. Then they went back to Tennessee. So it's two weeks in a row of travel, and, you know, it's definitely not great, but I think it's early enough in the season where it's not going to totally scare me away from it. And like I said, I just have so little respect for this Ravens team that um, that it doesn't really bother me. And, and I, I agree with what you said on the the public betting the 3-0 and team blindly, but I, where I'd counter that a little bit is the public – especially people in Vegas, hopefully getting the Raiders here as their home team and having a little backing towards them. I think the public is still, if they were in love with the Raiders coming into the season, and the fact they're 2-1, and one, I think if anything's going to, you know, help give them more attention, even, you know, with the winning record this early. So I think that'll cancel out a decent amount of the undefeated Ravens uh, public liking with the 2-1 the and one Oakland. So... I agree with what you're saying, especially in, in most cases, but I think in this case in particular, that might be mitigated a little bit, but I guess we'll see where the line goes and uh, and then how the game plays out. Yep. Um, now we're on to the afternoon games. So the first afternoon game is Denver at Tampa. What did you have for this one? My um, guess was Denver minus 3.5. I had a power rating of uh, my... My own sheet of Denver minus two and a half. The Westgate opened at Denver minus two and a half, and the look ahead was Denver minus one and a half. Okay, yeah, I had Denver minus two and a half for this one, and I 
Um, let's see, was there any two and a halfs out there, or was it just flat threes all week? I uh, want it open. Yeah. Let's get open two and a half. Okay, yeah. As, as, as I remember when I first looked at the line, I was going to, uh, I was really seriously considering betting Denver because I was, I think partially it was because I was so mad at Tampa last week when I laid the four with them and they were just, just sloppy and really didn't look that impressive at all against the Rams and of course didn't cover. But, uh, I think this would want to be a little bit wary of going against Tampa. Just because Denver's looked so good, and like you said they're you know three and zero, getting a ton of ton of backing and attention, and and this Tampa team has potential, but just really hasn't played up to it the last couple of weeks. So they're a team I I'm obviously going to be a little bit cautious backing them going forward, but I also want to be cautious to bet against them because I think if they do put games together, they can have pretty good efforts. But it's just hard to figure out exactly which ones are going to be able to do that in and which ones they aren't. Yep, no, I agree. Um, I don't. I, that's why I like Denver quite a bit. Even back in last week, I think if I were to bet this game, I'd probably lean Tampa Bay. But uh, it's just tough. Uh, I was on Tampa Bay last week too. It's just tough to, to back a team that showed, you know, has performed that poorly. So I I look towards the under, uh, which Denver's obviously a pretty big under team, but. I scooped the under at 44 and a half earlier today, and it's pretty funny. I put it in at the Win uh, Win Resorts on the mobile app, and put my bet in, which you know isn't too crazy of a number. And uh, about a second later, flashed my screen that it moved from 44 and a half to 44. So I guess it's pretty sad when I'm supposedly moving a little bit of the lines uh, for an NFL game like that, unless there's just that much money that happened to came in at the same time. <laughs> well, a little casino like the Win, you know, I'm not surprised you're moving their lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show I'll show old Stevie what's go, what's up. Yeah, but yeah, so I don't I don't I don't really necessarily see the under in this one because I, I agree that Denver is an under team, but I think Simeon I was pretty like I bet Denver last week and it was basically on the defense just getting more than three, but Simeon pleasantly surprised me last week. Like I I don't think he can necessarily take over a game and carry a team, but I think he was more than capable of you know making a play or two here and there and, and obviously being in good situations from that defense, but I'd be a little bit more hesitant to, to go against him. And I think I, I upgrade them a little bit in my mind based on his level of competence. So as uh and then as relates to the, the total here, I mean, I still think they are an under team with that good defense, but if he can be as competent as he was on offense, I don't think they're quite or nearly as much of an under team as they were last year with Peyton, who was, you know, just beyond awful a quarterback for a majority of the season. And they were just so defensive minded the whole, whole time, even on offense. If Simeon can be capable here, I think that they're definitely a tick up in terms of their total. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I think I'm this week, I'm kind of, banking on a Denver letdown type of week. I don't think they're going to come out as good as they've looked um, the first the first uh, handful of games here. Uh, but I just don't trust Tampa Bay. Otherwise, that's why I'd be on the side too. But I, that's why I just kind of, instead of you know, taking the side, I think I just look towards the under because I kind of see a low-scoring, kind of a sloppy game that doesn't have a whole lot of action. But uh, I don't, I'm not in love with it, but I think uh, that's, that's the way I'd look at least. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I can definitely envision that scenario playing out and I uh, 
I think that's a, a fair assessment of the game, so I, I won't be on it personally, but I can see see that uh, point of view, uh, and I'll uh, I'll root for it there with you. So, Alrighty. all right, uh, the next game is Dallas at San Francisco. Um, this game I had Dallas minus two and a half, and my power rating was Dallas minus one. Westgate opened at Dallas minus three, and the look headline was the same. So. Okay. Yeah, I had Dallas minus three is my guess. What um, uh, What are your thoughts on this one? So, um, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Dax looked pretty good, and Prescott. He's looked pretty. I think a lot of the, these rookie quarterbacks, uh, what I guess Simeon, Pres- not rookie, but new quarterbacks, the Prescott, Simeon, and um, Wentz. Uh, and Wentz, yeah. Uh, they've all looked pretty pretty good. It's I think they surprised surprised me a great deal at least, but Goff Goff looks pretty good on the sidelines watching the games. <laughs> yeah, got a got a good sense of fashion if you ask me. It, yeah, it's a good point. I didn't, I forgot to put that into my handicap, <laughs> but um, it uh, they've looked pretty good. But with that being said, I don't know if uh, I think you're kind of buying the, their stock is pretty high. Just if they, I don't know if they can get a whole lot higher. Uh, obviously, unless they go to the playoffs and have some success or something, but they just. I'm not a big fan of buying. I'm much much rather buy low, which would be a spot for San Francisco. But I don't uh, I don't know if I really want to go against Dallas right now either. So I think this is just a pretty easy stay away for me. Um, and it looks like the markets in general. Uh, I don't know. There's not a whole lot of movement that I can see. So I'll kind of see it's kind of sitting at three uh, right now. Maybe a little two and a half with juice towards a favorite. But yeah, it's uh, not a whole lot of movement. I'm not really sure where it's going to go here. Yeah, I'm not really sure to make a San Fran. I thought they might have been a little bit better than I'd initially thought, but after last week, uh, it's I don't know. I was shocked how terrible they looked. Like they just got absolutely annihilated by Seattle, and and like I said, I don't I don't think it's that peak Seattle team we're used to the last couple of years. So I don't know what that says about San Francisco. I don't think it was that bad of a spot for them where they should have looked that flat. So. I'm basically going to be taking a kind of a wait-and-see approach with them and maybe going against them if the price is right, but uh, the price isn't right here, in my opinion. They've got Dallas coming off a huge primetime win, and uh, now they're going on the road. And, yeah, you said uh, I think Dak and, and Dallas in general is definitely uh, being sold high right now, so I have no interest in really jumping in here laying three on the road, but I, I don't really want to take a – fairly short number with San Fran either so I think it's a pretty easy stay away and uh, I guess I think Dallas is somewhat of an over team a little bit and uh, San Francisco I think is probably slightly to an under team but uh, so I don't really have an opinion on the total at 45 and a half or around there either so to me it's just stay away and move on to the next one yeah, I have a small lead into the under, but I haven't had anything in. I don't think I'm going to get to the window. So I think yeah, I'll be completely out of this game. Okay. Uh, New Orleans at C- San Diego. San Diego. What do you got there? Uh, yeah, I made mine uh, before this Monday night game, which I know you did too. Uh, but it didn't really affect it a whole lot. But uh, I had San Diego minus three. My power rating was San Diego minus three. Uh, opened at three and a half to San Diego, and the look ahead was San Diego minus three. So kind of right in that range. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been pretty spot on here this week. I promise I haven't been cheating, but I had San Diego minus three and a half. Yeah, a little, little fishy. <laughs> I'm smelling, smelling something over there. Yeah. But uh, what was your opinion on this one? 
Um, I was. It's funny because I think I talked told you on the phone too, but uh, the Monday night game, I was basically ready to fade whoever looked really good. So if if New Orleans came out and looked pretty pretty good, or and, they, and their offense looked decent, but I think it's mostly just because of the, the two horrible defenses. But if you know New Orleans came out and even just got a win or dominated or whatever, I think the line would have moved a little bit, and I might be able to get a little bit more value on San Diego. So the only way I could look here is San Diego at home. Um, it looks like you, know, you can get it at three is where it opened, and um, yeah, it looks like now it's three and a half and fours. So I don't really like it a whole lot. But you know, if it, if it got down to three, I think I might might be interested in in San Diego. But I don't think I could be betting New Orleans. Yeah, I uh, pretty much agree with that assessment. I've been looking to go against New Orleans quite a bit this year, and uh, no no reason for me to not after Monday night. But uh, I had San Diego last week in three against Indy, and they were pretty much covering the whole game until until the end there with that T.Y. Hilton broken tackle touchdown where uh, they ended up not covering by two. So that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty frustrating. I still think, still like that bet quite a bit, even though it didn't get there. And uh, I like San Diego, but I think I like them more in that role of getting three than I do laying four at home because although I do like Philip Rivers and have been a big fan of his, I don't don't really trust uh, McCoy the coach and I don't really trust their defense or really any of their skill position players at the moment with Allen and Woodhead out. So I uh, I have a lean to San Diego as well and I'd probably probably bet him at three, but I doubt it's going to even get there. So and then the total up at forty three and a half, fifty four. I mean, 53 and a half, 54. That's a pretty high total, but I don't really have any interest in looking at the under either. So I'll probably be on the sidelines on this one as well. Yeah, it's funny. I pulled into the injury chart for both these teams, and I don't well, I have 55-inch TV, but otherwise, by a normal computer screen, I might just scroll down. <laughs> just uh, crazy how many injuries both these teams have. So it's kind of yeah, hard to handicap a little bit. Yeah, when well, yeah, there's a ton of injuries like that, it can offer value if you think one side's are being undervalued or overvalued by the, the betting markets, but it also adds in a lot of unknown, and anytime there's unknown variables like that, it makes it pretty difficult when you don't know how to totally uh, accurately assess them. So for me, it's just uh, stay away. So you don't get anything else out on that one, do you? No. Nope. All right. Uh, the last afternoon game, we got the, the Los Angeles Rams at Arizona. This one I had... Arizona minus seven and a half. My power rating was Arizona minus six and a half. Like Westgate opened at Arizona minus nine, and the look at was minus ten and a half, which I was. Uh, I think this has been the one I was most shocked about all week. Yeah, um, this is one I was off on too. I had Arizona only laying seven, so I think it's a little inflated at nine or in that range, eight and a half, nine. But uh, you know, after the Rams beat Seattle and they go on the road and beat Tampa and now they're on the road again against I think a pretty decent team I just don't have a whole lot of interest in backing them especially after Arizona went and got you know it's kind of kind of I don't know surprised or whatever they just came out sluggish and just got owned by Buffalo that you'd expect a pretty good effort coming from them so I don't really have a lot of interest in I have no interest in laying nine points with Arizona, but I also don't know if I really want the Rams here either. Yeah, and this is a game I'm already on uh, the Rams and released as a play. It's more just a market 
betting the market kind of because it's it was at 10 I think very briefly and it's pretty similar to the Cleveland game with Washington but uh, I think I locked it at nine myself and released it eight and a half but I see some seven and a half showing and I would assume that's going to be moving towards seven again uh, so I might basically in the same exact boat as that, that Cleveland Washington game so kind of see what happens but yeah I don't don't love it by any means but I think it's at least worthy of the bet just getting that many points um, and also with the total I think I would I, I lean over, but I don't. I don't think I'm going to be able to get there. Just I just don't trust either of these teams, and I could very easily see in this game being going under pretty easily. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to kind of stay away from the total at least. Well, yeah, the Rams are pretty much a dead nut under team. I think Arizona's still probably a little bit of an over team, so I could see, I could see that. But um, I, yeah, just I think be... it's kind of a little low with 42 or whatever. But yeah, I, I agree that Rams are definitely an under team. I. I don't know. I'd, well, yeah, I'll see what happens with how many points are scored. Yeah, I mean, a Cardinals total at 43 is does seem pretty low. So, I mean, I could see where, out of a strict principle, you could maybe take them over and just hope that you know they have a little bit of success and the Rams can get you, you know, whatever 17 points themselves, and I get a pretty good chance of getting that over. But um, I think, um, I mean, the more the more you talk about it or the more you look at this game, even though it's not a great spot for the Rams, I think if you do take into account, they look so bad on week one on that late late night, second Monday night game that maybe they could have thrown people off the scent a little bit. And it's just one of those weird, funky games, kind of like the Vikings when they got, yeah, when they got just their doors blown off by, um, the Niners last year and people kind of got thrown off the scent almost all year ended up whatever 14 and two or whatever they were against the point spread it could be kind of similar to that where the Rams are just going to be consistently undervalued here and since then obviously they've been competitive and, and you know somewhat good winning against uh, Seattle and Tampa who are both at you know at least mediocre teams if not better in Seattle's case and uh, they're you know the Rams are still getting treated as a complete bottom feeder and then on the flip side, are we sure that Arizona is even any good? Like they, you know, they lost to Garoppolo and the Patriots pretty convincingly opening game, and then uh, they go and who do they play week two? They played. Uh, uh, they blew somebody out of town. I forget who it was. Oh, the Bucks. Yeah, they 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 killed the Bucks at home, and that was you know they looked pretty good there. Obviously, in a, in a pretty good spot, but then they went and then they lose to the Bills pretty convincingly. So. I mean, are we sure the Cardinals are really that good? I'm, I'm not. That's, yeah, that's why I said I'm not. I'm pretty high in the Arizona too, but I don't think they should be. There, there's a lo, lo, way too many uncertainties for them to be laying a number like this. I think, and I just kind of took it out of principle more so. But yeah, I, I won't be surprised if they went and blow the doors off again. But I'll kind of kind of see, I guess. Yeah, I, I would agree that if you ran this game out a hundred times, I think more often than not the the Rams are going to cover it. And I wouldn't load up on it in terms of, you know, betting your life on it or anything, but because I, I could envision a scenario where, you know, it's just not even close and Arizona does the same thing they did to Tampa a couple weeks ago and you're basically out of it like I was with San Fran there last week in the first quarter and you just rip up your ticket. But I think more times than not, you're probably going to be taking your ticket to the window and cashing it. So the more you, the more I talk about it, the more I think about this game, I think I'll probably be joining you on the Rams here. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, betting your life on a pick, I think that uh, might have to go directly, ironically hand in hand with our concept corner of bankroll management. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. 
All right, let's yeah. go to the uh, Sunday night game here. We got Kansas City at Pittsburgh. Um, this one, um, yeah, I was shocked about this one. I had my guess was Pittsburgh minus two and a half. My power rating was Pittsburgh minus four and a half. The Westgate opened at five and a half, and then the look ahead was minus six. So I thought maybe the market, or I guess, what did you, what did you have? I had Pittsburgh minus four on this one. I was a little light. Okay, yeah, so we we're both a little light. Uh, I mean, it's kind of in that dead. I was, you got it over three, obviously, so I was a little off, but. I, I, I'm kind of a little bit higher on Pittsburgh, but I thought the markets would be a little bit down on them just from that poor performance, but I guess it really didn't get affected hardly at all. So um, I guess it's just a, a little tip your hat to the markets because I just assumed they would be a little bit more affected. But um, no, at this game, I, I'm kind of a little bit down on Kansas City and higher on Pittsburgh, but the, the line's pretty much you know counter for that. So if it was someone like Pittsburgh minus three, I think I'd be all in on it. But uh, where it's at right now, I don't think uh, – I just don't have any opinion. What do you make of that Pittsburgh performance last week getting, you know, drilled by Philadelphia? I think Philadelphia is better than, mainly me. I've been pretty low on Philadelphia and waiting for them to bust. But I, not that they're going to continue that, but I think they just have a pretty solid defense. And Wentz has just been pretty unstoppable. But neither, like, Pittsburgh just played awful too. But I think that's a pretty, that's going to be an aberration. I think we're going to look back at that as an aberration in the year. Uh, so I'm kind of going to do, you know, kind of like that Houston game against the Patriots. I'm, Almost going to throw that out of my handicap, but and that kind of looks like what the betting markets are doing too. Okay, yeah, that was going to be my next question: was do you think that was just an aberration, or do you think that's more indicative of what's to come? And I think I tend to agree with you that I'm still pretty high on Pittsburgh, and I think that was just more of an aberration. But uh, that being said, with Kansas City, um, I, even though I wasn't overly impressed when they beat my Jets last week, I still think they have a pretty solid defense and. They're they're going to be a team that's either going to win a lot of close games or lose a lot of close games, in my opinion, with the their defense and Alex Smith and the conservative nature, basically the whole team. So I could I, I like betting against Kansas City when you're either getting points or in the pick'em range, but I don't really have a lot of interest in laying a number against Kansas City like in the five and a half six range like we have in this one. Even though I do like Pittsburgh's offense and I feel comfortable with them laying a number over just about any other team, but Kansas City is not the team I really like playing more than a field goal against, so I'm just going to, I think, probably stay away from this one. Yep, I, I'd agree. Uh, it's, I don't think it's going to get to the numbers that I'm going to want to bet it at, so the market just forced me to stay away, which is fine. That's uh, that's what it'll do. Uh, I think I'm for the, I'm kind of leaning under on small lean towards the under on the on the total right now. It's at 47, 47.5. I don't think I'd bet it unless it got to 48, which was a semi-key number for a total. So if I got to 40, I think I would most likely get to the window with an under, but right now it's just going to stay away from side end total. Yeah, I could see if the public comes into this game because it is a Sunday night game and primetime games obviously will attract more public action. And uh, so if the in the public, they like to bet favors and they like to bet over. So if, if they did bet the Steelers up to seven, I'd have to take a hard look at Kansas City. And if they do bet the over, you know, up to... 48 and a half, 49. I have to take a hard look at the under too, because I think Kansas City is a, a dead nuts under team, and I, I do think Pittsburgh trends a little bit more over, but I don't think they're the uh, pencil men for 30 type over team. I just think they have the capability to to play good on offense, obviously, but I also think they can play more of an under style game as well. So if uh, if there are a couple more points of value, I I tend to look towards the under there based based on Kansas City. Yeah, and that's the thing with these primetime games. It's nice because that's what 
so, you know, a lot of people don't even have Sunday ticket or anything like we have or whatever, but and they just can't watch the game if they want to, and they're not going to put enough energy into going to watch replays or anything like that, especially when they're only betting, you know, casual better betting you know, five to fifty dollars somewhere in there. So um, that's what these primetime games they want to see action. They want to see you know the better teams that on paper. So that's what they're going to be betting, just like you said. Uh, so that's why usually with these games like Sunday night and Monday night, you can. They're a little bit inflated towards that. They kind of have that cushion in there. So if you like one way, you know, the under or the underdog, you usually get a little bit of extra value. But that's not every time, but that's more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see where those numbers go. And like I said before, if uh, if it does change dramatically, look for uh, me to potentially come in with a, a play on Twitter. But obviously that's based on the market. So let's go to... Uh, the last game here, we got the Monday night affair. We got the uh, the Giants or the Vikings. What did you have for this one? My guess was Minnesota minus three. My power rating is Minnesota minus five. And the Westgate opened at minus four, Minnesota. And the look ahead was Minnesota minus three. Okay, yeah, I guessed uh, Minnesota minus four on this one. Huh. Keeps, uh, <laughs> keeps getting a little, uh, <laughs> little more mysterious over there. Yeah. Um, I, I, with... It's it's kind of I guess it's uh, nice for once. I think this is about the first time in about a year and a half that the markets caught up to Minnesota. I don't pretty much all all last year they were pretty much getting disrespected in the market, and whether that had to do with that first week showing or whatever, and maybe their bad defense, and maybe not a whole lot of love for Teddy last year, and then not a love for the whole quarterback situation in AP. But I think this is finally about the right time where they're properly priced. Um, so that's kind of surprising to see. So I think that's. Where I kind of get excited about that, I guess, because I'm I'm looking towards the Giants here and I'm looking towards the over, and um, I'm waiting for it to move because I don't think that I, I assume that people are going to start kind of hopping on the Minnesota bandwagon. I do see some movement from four now. I see some four and a half just in the last couple hours, so looks like there is some money on Minnesota. Um, but I I like the Giants here, and I think this might even be a pretty big letdown spot for Minnesota on a big game like this. Once they started getting some public attention and you know nationwide attention going undefeated and beating two good teams, so. I think I mean it is a, it is a Monday night game, so you would think that they come all well. But even Monday night last year against San Francisco, they didn't show too well, and so I'm, I'm hoping that you know people look at the defense for Minnesota and bet it under and, and keep betting Minnesota. And I'm going to take as much advantage and you know take the Giants and the over in this game. And I I like both those bets a decent amount. Yeah, you pretty much stole all my points. I was going to say... <laughs> I thought you were going to be a contrary to me this time, so... No, I, I think I've had a bet on Minnesota each and every week since the first week of last season. And uh, so far against the spread this year, they're 3-0. and And last year, I think they were 14-2, and so as you, I've done... Yeah, best. Which best best uh, spread team in football, and that's the note I, almost almost historically ever. So that's just crazy to think about. Yeah. So I mean, obviously they've been good to me, and I, I hate being a total homer with my bankroll because you try to separate your, you know, emotional side from your financial side. But when it's uh, been that profitable, you know, it doesn't really make sense to. And I've, I've tried to almost week in and week out look at it and say, am I looking at this clearly, or am I just looking at how what I want it to be? And uh, this week's been a kind of a pleasant departure because I looked at the line and I thought that's about right about where it should be. And if I were going to bet this, the only way I think I could look is the Giants, basically, for the reasons you've said. I think the the Vikings have been getting enough attention where, if anything, they might you know be a little fat and happy after taking out the Packers and Panthers in back-to-back weeks and feeling good about themselves and 
and like just like you said too i think the monday night should keep them fairly focused to come out and show people again in prime time how good they are but i think with the vikings their team where you like catching points with them or kind of like kansas city or in pick'em ranges but it's hard to hard to swallow points with teams that you don't really trust their offense and yeah they have a great defense which is you know is is really impressive but it's it's tough to lay points with defenses in my opinion where you if one fluky thing happens you know the giants return a kick or there's a pick six by by minnesota or something it's going to be tough for them to overcome that and then also cover the the four four and a half point spread so i like them more in a situation catching points and from the giants perspective they you know lost to to washington last week in a pretty pretty bad game on their part but i think they do have the overall ability to to uh you know be a, a decent team here and i think if you get a good effort from them it's going to be tough for the vikings to to cover that spread so i'd be a little leery of of betting the vikings but i also could see you know with eli he's one of those guys where you hate betting against him and you hate betting on him because he can be the worst one of the worst couple quarterbacks in the league or the best quarterback in the league in any given game so it's hard to uh, have a whole lot of faith i think either way in this one but i think i'd probably lean towards the giants yeah and um with uh the giants i i i foresee this game coming out where the giants you know national tv they look minnesota's defense is getting nationwide attention i could see this type of deal where they come out and just look pretty miserable uh so i, I there's nothing out there yet for a line but i this would be something where i don't bet a lot of halves even though there's quite a bit of value in them i just don't bet them um but this might be a first half over type of bet that i would want to do or it, specifically the giants total over which you know kind of getting deep you know fine nit and pick nitpicky with it but i i see the giants scoring a lot of points here in the first half um so I, that's what I would foresee, and I just kind of, like I said, see a kind of a letdown spot here for Minnesota and a national national TV like this, and you know, back to back national TV games. So, or not back to back, but two two already in the season. Or even if not um, over, but even just taking the Giants plus, you know, they'd be probably plus two or three in the first half. Either yeah, way, you, you want to dice it, yeah. Either way, you get them plus points. And uh, if, the, if the Vikings do come out slow at all, I mean, all you got to do is tie going into half to cash your ticket. I think that's not a bad way to look. And if you look at the Cow or the the Giants games this this year, they lost or they beat the Cowboys by one, they beat the Saints by three, they lost to the Redskins by two. So I mean, they've been playing uh, you know one, two, and three point games. They've been playing really close games, and the Vikings they've uh, they've won a little bit by margin, but not. Not really. When you have an off, you don't really have an offense. It's hard to win by a whole lot of a margin. So, even if the Vikings come out and look decent, there's still a decent chance they're not gonna, you know, really be blowing them out. So even if they were up ten, the backdoor cover is still very easily in play at the end of the game. So, I think uh, definitely a lean to the Giants there for me. Yeah, and uh, with all, you know, good reason handicapping logic, I could uh, you know just do an emotional hedge so I could bet against her 
hometown team in Minnesota and bet on the Giants and take the over for you know an exciting game when it's on my birthday. So assume that's going to be a letdown for that. So that's what I can do a little emotional hedge, uh, even though that didn't and didn't affect my handicapping at all. So you can't take away my handicapping card or anything like that. But it's kind of a little side note. There you go, and you can root for a <laughs> Vikings three point win for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all right, uh, I think that uh, that concludes all the the games there. So now we'll. Head on over to the uh, Concept Corner. Now, clear your head as we back into Concept Corner. All right, so in the Concept Corner today, we're going to talk about bankroll management and uh, types of betting. So um, in general, you want to, in terms of your bankroll, you shouldn't be betting at the very most 5% of your bankroll per game. So if you have thousand dollar bankroll you should be betting twenty five dollars at the most per game and more conservative estimates that i tend to be more in line with would say a half percent to one percent of your bankroll so if you have a thousand dollars anywhere you know five ten dollar bets and that'll give you plenty of um opportunity to not go broke your risk of ruins a lot lower if you happen to have a bad stretch where you can still rebound and uh, assuming you're, you know, doing a decent job of of handicapping, then you're going to take the variance out of it a little bit. Where no matter if there is a lot of negative variance right away, you still have opportunity to come back, and uh, you know, then not go broke because that's your biggest goal when betting, uh, especially if you're doing it seriously, is to avoid going broke. So even though you're Shockingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The the marshmallows are sticky alert to the podcast, but uh, I mean, you can be a good handicapper, or you know, a blackjack's a good analogy. You can be a good blackjack, you know, card counter, and have an edge. But if you're betting over your head, just even if you're you know, say betting fifty five percent, or in blackjack you're fifty two percent or whatever, you can be you know be on the negative side of that variance a lot of times in a row just by pure randomness. So even if you have an edge, you can go broke. And the main the main reason a lot of people have trouble is because they they don't um they, they don't uh require themselves to have uh bankroll management as they should and they play above their head and in some cases obviously you're going to win and you're going to be making money way quicker and uh but more often than not you're going to keep going with that, and eventually it's going to catch up with you, and you're going to end up going broke, even if your picks are good for the most part. So it's just something to be cautious of. Yeah, and uh, that's the deal with you know bankroll management. Is a lot of people will do a lot of public betters or casual betters. They'll do a lot of parlays, which I, th- I think statistically that's what the books want you to do is put in big parlays, which are you terrible bets. Explain what a parlay is, quick. Yeah, sure. So a parlay is instead of just taking one straight bet, you know, say I want to bet Minnesota this weekend at minus four, uh, that's that's a straight bet. You just you, you know they have to win by four points or more in order for the bet to cash or push. Whereas a parlay is what you and do you generally game. have to lay 110 to win 100 or that ratio, 11 to win 10 or for example. Yeah, yeah, lay lay a dollar ten. So a fifty dollar bet, you have to bet fifty five dollars to win it or. Hundred dollars, hundred and ten dollars, and etc. So what you do is you take instead of just betting that one bet on its own for it, you basically put two teams or three teams, how many ever teams you want. You can go up to eighteen parlays or even maybe even more, depending on the site or wherever you're betting. And instead of just having that one bet come through, you have to have all those bets on that parlay ticket come through in order for it to cash. 
But the problem is, is it's not one to one. It's not like you can you know make the two bets and you're just as likely. It's basically not true odds, uh, at least for most places, for the parlay tickets. So you're basically just getting taken advantage of. But the problem, the, the reason why they get away with it, or why people still do it, because it is the most popular bet, or a lot really popular for casual bettors, is because oh, it's a big payout. Oh, I you know put a ten dollar bet in and I can make fifteen hundred dollars or even more than that, depending on how many teams and how many you know, underdogs and stuff like that. If you take money lines or whatever, so it's uh, people always get you know see they don't look at the odds or how much you're betting they look about oh, how much can i make here off, off a bet like this so that's not not the best way to look at it so yeah. that's what a lot of people to to further at. illustrate that and uh, say an example there if you do an 18 parlay where all eight of those teams have to win or else you lose your bet but if they do win say you get i don't even know what the odds are off the top of my head but say you get a thousand to one where they're you're really getting taken advantage of is the true odds of actually hitting that bet are something like two thousand to one but they cut the payoff down and only give you a thousand to one because they don't want to have to pay out more than necessary in order to draw people in to make the bet. And the average person doesn't calculate the odds and know, okay, this is how my true percentage of actually hitting this are versus what I'm getting back. So they can artificially deflate your payback and only give you like, you know, half or 75% of what you should be getting and, and most people don't know the difference, so they don't look at it and say, oh, that's not an attractive bet. I'm not getting what I rightfully should get back because they don't know what the actual odds are. So that's just, in general, just stay away from anything more than, you know, even a two- or three-team parlay at the very most is uh, what you should really be looking towards. Yeah, to come up with a poor analogy on the spot, it's essentially going to, like, you know, a fast food place or something like that and getting a combo meal. And instead of getting a discount for getting all the drink and chips and everything together in the meal, you're basically paying more for it, which most of the times you're going to get all that stuff and you're going to get it cheaper. It's going to be cheaper because that's why, you know, the same thing with the parlay, except it, you're not getting it cheaper. It's basically the exact opposite for price, so it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's, you know, there's there's argument like some sharps or people that are, you know, do it successfully or do it for a living that two-team parlays, it, that those, can, those can be profitable or maybe three teams, but as soon as you get to like four or more, I think it's pretty – clear cut and dry that you're not going to be able to make money long term doing those no matter how good good a professional you are because all you really need to do to make money is you know people say oh i can hit 75 percent of the games i pick and you know are higher and which is just that's not unheard of it's impossible to do that long term to you know, stability so you know 55 percent is you know really really good handicap if you can do that and consistently for a couple of years or whatever that's unheardably good and then you'd make a lot of money doing it yep exactly so Essentially, to recap, you shouldn't don't bet more than you can handle a consecutive, you know, a poor run. So don't be betting. Uh, we suggest you know a half percent to one percent of your bankroll, five percent at the very most, and also if bet uh, mainly straight bets. And if you are going to do any type of parlays, cap them at two to three teams at the absolute most, and that should really. Um, you know, make your betting experience the most enjoyable and also give you the longest lasting um, run out of it without going broke really quickly and then having to reload and, or, you know, pressing and betting more than, than you're really capable of betting. And then, you know, that's having a much less enjoyable experience overall. So those are, uh, those are the tips in the but, concept corner. And, the, and then let me, I want to real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, 
Yeah, like it's not like you can't do them or anything, but all, all you know is if you just like we said last week, if you're gonna you know wait for not get the best number and so like that, you can do that just for entertainment. But if you want to sit and you know try to do it to make money or even have you know make a little bit of money but still have entertainment, but it, if you want to do it for just for fun, yeah, go ahead and you know do bigger parlays. They're they're fun to root for. I don't get me wrong, but I just I never even put one in that's bigger than a three team parlay myself ever. So I never put one in just because I I don't want to put a bet in unless I think I can make money doing it. Um, and just to recap on the, to give a story about the bankroll management when we when we first started first started betting, or at least when I started betting bigger money, uh, baseball a year and a half ago, I started out with my bankroll, um, and halfway in or three quarters into the season, I was at the point where I lost eighty five percent of my money. So I was lost, you know, eighty five of my bankroll, and then I had to come back basically kept betting i stuck stuck with it didn't get too discouraged and i built myself all the way back up by the end of the season and you know through football a little bit and by the end of the year i was actually making you know about a 50 percent profit or maybe not quite that much about a 30 percent profit but just you know anything stock market housing anything it's going to go bad but you got to stick with it in the bad and it, it, as long as you think that you're doing it right or you have a good approach to it or you can make money long term so you know and to piggyback off that the last thing you want to do is when things are going bad is depress. And say, oh, I've lost five in a row. I can't lose a six, and then bet you know half your bankroll or something or all your bankroll, because I've seen times where someone could lose twenty-five times in a row, and the worst thought process you can have is, I need to get it back now. You just gotta have patience. You uh, you gotta trust the process. If you think you are a profitable handicapper and you will get it back, or you know reassess and say, oh, maybe I'm you know. I think the first question you had to answer is why am I why am I betting? Am I doing this to try to make money? Am I doing this for entertainment? And and then once you really can assess what what you're doing, what you're doing, and what your goal is out of it, then you can you know pick and choose which pieces of these advice and and what you want to do going forward in order to get you know your maximum enjoyment out of it or the maximum profit out of it or whatnot. So is there anything else you need to add to that, Rob? Or? Uh, I was just say real quickly, I know it's kind of getting long here, but um, just a lot of what a lot of people do too with bankroll management is they'll bet parlays on the early games, and then you know if they win, they're going to take that money that they did win and then go and double down on the late game on either you know Sunday night or Monday night or both. That's why that's that added value of that like we mentioned earlier about the overs and the, and the the overs and the favorites are bet on more so you get a little bit of value on each other side on both of those and then likewise when they lose then they're always trying to look back double down and get their money back that they lost and they're you know just as likely to come back and fire just as hard on the, on these late games that's why they get so much betting attention and why there's so much public money involved yeah ideally the early games shouldn't have any factor in how much you're betting the late games you should that should be completely in completely separate from your betting amount and how strong your opinions are on the late games because they're completely separate events. So just because you won or lost an early game doesn't mean that you're going to fire way harder or, you know, to a different extent on the late games. Yep, exactly. So anyway, that uh, that one got a little bit longer than uh, we anticipated, but that's uh, just some general tips there in the in the concept corner. So hopefully those are helpful going forward. And if you have any more questions um, about that, you can always feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter or uh, through the website. So now uh, we'll uh, head over and get our uh, AS Pick of the Week in here. The AS Pick of the Week. So, Rob, what uh, what where are you looking here for your Pick of the Week? 
Well, I, I'm the one and all. Maybe that's how we should do it. Whoever's winning, um, we'll give honors to the other person, I think, or at least go every other week. I don't think it'd be fair to me to take the first one off the board, but um, I'll give you the honors this week to, to get her started. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking, and I think I'm going to have to go with, although I don't, I don't necessarily trust the uh, the situation entirely. I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Oakland plus the the three and a half we'll grade it on because that's the the current number now. So I'll take Oakland plus three and a half as mine. All right, and I'm between a couple here. Uh, I didn't like this card a ton at first, but the more I've been diving into it and looking through it and dissecting with a fine tooth comb, uh, kind of some you know opportunities I think shaping up. But uh, I don't know if I want to go with the Giants here for my pick of the week against the Minnesota-based based crowd. So I think I'm going to go as, like I mentioned earlier, I think I'm going to go with the Cleveland-Washington over is my best at over 45.5. I think it's widely available right now. So I think that's going to be my AS pick of the week for this week. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. Um, thanks for jumping on the pod, Rob, and wish you the best of luck in week four. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, keep uh, keep working the rest of the week and getting after it and excited to watch the games here. All right. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.